Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here on 710 ESPN. I am Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We also got a special guest in the room, too, man. The guy who used to drive this show, Mr. Dave Wyman. Uh, how you guys feeling tonight? How we doing? We feel good, Dave. Thanks for for joining us. I remember I'm when over Dave here. I'm was... over here working. I'm you working, are. guys. I, I threw him in. Dave, this is a long day for day for Dave. I mean, uh, not only does he have his four or five hour show from two to seven, uh, you know, he also do you, you guys also do a twelve o'clock show for the Seahawks. Right? Yeah, the huddle. Yeah. The huddle. So yeah, I, I miss I miss going tonight? to the casino, boys. I know. Yeah, <laughs> those were good times. Well, I've always said I I worked for free every. Thursday night because I would take my little stipend they give me here and it would be gone in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> Gamble that check, Moyer. I, well, I was trying to uh, I was trying to grow it. There you go. And it didn't. Of course, it didn't go the way you wanted work. it. Back yeah. back run run from they call it double up. I'm trying to double up. <laughs> I saw you trying to do it. I doubled up every week. And there we go. There work. we go. All right. Well, as we know, the Hawks lost to the Steelers on Sunday night football. Kind of tweaking their Sunday night football record there, but. It was a good game. That first half, the Hawks were outscored 14-0. That second half, they outscored the Steelers 20-6. to We saw a change in the offense, Moria, where the first half, the very first play, they ran a jet sweep to the tight end. I'm glad they're getting the tight ends involved, but that's probably not what you want to do to get your quarterback going. And uh, they sprinkled in the run. Alex Collins had four carries that first half. The second half rolls around. They go on a 10-play drive. They throw the ball one time and run the ball nine times. I thought that was the approach they were going to have in that first half with Geno Smith being the backup, getting his go. Um, is this something that they're going to lean on, you think, for the next couple of weeks? Well, I hope so, and I think they need to. Uh, we'll have Jamarco Jones on early, or a little bit later here in, a, in probably about 30 minutes uh, and, and ask him what was said at halftime because it was – from what we heard, we're going to run the football, and and that they did nine of ten times on that drive, and it looked good. They were actually moving people. I mean, I saw our guards, you know, two three yards downfield. That's what you want in a running game. That means you're moving the pile. Um, I just think it's too much pressure to put on Geno. You can't throw everything on him and say hey, we're going to throw it seventy percent of the time. Can't happen. Um, Geno in this game coming up, I I think he, he needs to take more chances downfield because they were there. I think he went in and said, okay, I'm I'm definitely going to throw to the, the the where the play is supposed to go. Um, but the, the very first third down play, Pittsburgh busts in coverage. Freddie Swain is down the seam. I mean, there's no he's 20 yards wide open, yeah. no one there. So he needs to get his eyes downfield, and I think he will. Now this is this will be his third game essentially. You know second half against the Rams and a whole game last week. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of positive from last week. You know, they can build on, you know, both defensively and offensively. And, you know, really to me, it just comes down to our best players. Once again, they've got to make the plays. Our most, our highest paid players have to play their best football. And if they do, I think we'll be fine. There's no moral victories in this game. Maybe get a moral victory when you're playing high school football. You go up against a team that you know you're not going to beat. Maybe in college when Appalachian State plays good against uh, Alabama or somebody like that. But you mentioned there are some good that happen on offense and happen on defense. I'm not going to take it as more victories, but Alex Collins rushed for 100 yards and a touchdown. We saw the tight ends get involved. Joe Everett had a big 41-yard game, Disney with a touchdown. DJ Reed had two passes broken up. DJ Dallas had 97. Uh, yeah, DJ Dallas had 97 yards on the return game, a long of 38. I mean, they're they're steadily moving in the right direction. I don't want to say moral victory, 
but there were some situational victories. Yeah, I would say building blocks yeah, um, like from what we saw. And I think identity. We, we have to run the football uh, right now without Russ. We just have to. And we, we can't turn it over. It, you know, the, that last turnover obviously hurt us. I've mentioned plays. Uh, you know, we had two interceptions that would have for sure saved us seven points. It was down the red zone, uh, Pittsburgh's very first touchdown. We, we've got a tip ball. We got to get, we got to secure that one no matter what. And then I think the very next player, the maybe it was two plays later, they line up and, and isolate on, uh, uh, kind of drawing a blank on the, the play now, but one of our defensive ends at that time, Alton, I think it was who I, I can't Alton. remember now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. We, we may even have a highlight of that one later. Um, I think it was may, actually, it was maybe a Mayoa on that one. Um, whoever it was. You know, they end up getting a touchdown right after. and we, I think it was Benson. And so those are the ones that just, you go, ah, oh, we, we should have won the game. And then I know it was, I don't know if it was overtime or regulation, the one that hit uh, Jamal in the face mask. You know, those are two interceptions. We get a chance. We, we win the game. Uh, it's just bottom line. And we played really well second half. We put 20 points on the board in the second half. Um, we held them without a touchdown, a couple field goals, you know, in, in regulation, and then they get the one in, in, in overtime. So there's a lot of positives, but we're two and four now, yeah. and we got a team that's six and zero oh in our division, and there's another team that's five and one. And so while it's early in the season, the talk, the clock is ticking very quickly. We got to get this one on Monday. Another player who shined had a couple of moments was Trey Brown. I mean. You were excited. I was excited. I got even more excited because you were excited because you were a DB, right? You've played this position before. And the big play he had on third down, um, if you aren't a true, I guess, football guy and you understand how you're supposed to play things, you might take that play for granted and say, look, he just came up and made an open field tackle. But there was more to that. They were in quarters. He sinks with the curl route by uh, Claypool, I believe it was. He saw Ben. He described it beautifully, right? He, he saw did. Ben. He turned his shoulders. He's rolling outside. He knew that's the only place he could go. He gets downhill, makes a tackle. I mean, we've been waiting on plays like this from DBs. Yeah, maybe we can get that clip from him later in the show. And what you were talking about was the uh, postgame show and uh, – the interview after the game last week, and he described this play on third down and four, and and this is that feel thing that it takes time in the NFL. You got to coach it, coach it, and reps and reps, and that as you you said, sometimes it, it can be a corner route when you're in cover two. In this particular case, they ran a turn route because they they were in quarters, and and he did. He was right on the hip pocket of Claypool. He held off that turn route and was in position to read the quarterback and also make a break on the play into the flat or a swing route and makes a great tackle. So but if we got the audio of this, the reason why I want to play this audio, it, the maturity of him and his awareness, and this is what we're looking Sounds for like in quarters. I had, uh, I had the bell. You know, we were covering four quarters, uh, so I had the bell with my man. And I saw that it was third and four, you know, uh, pre-snap. You know, I saw that uh, down in distance. And so I covered the curl, and I knew when Ben Roethlisberger started scrambling, he was going to dump it off to that guy. So uh, I didn't think. I just had to go, you know, put uh, put the pedal to the metal and just run uh, and get a third down stop because that's they needed the first down more than anything, and they were backed up to the uh, their other end zone. And so uh, that's when I went and go trigger and pulled the trigger. That's a coach right there. Yeah. It's the description. It's the awareness. Down in mean, distance. He sees everything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to see the full picture. It can't just be on plane, you know, a flat. You know, I mean, there's so much thing that goes into pattern recognition and what's 
the the down a distance where we are on the field. He described everything and a great secondary. All four, all five, six at times when you have a dime, all six guys, if you can have that kind of communication and thought process, now you got playmakers. Okay, so we have things to build on with the Seahawks. Let's talk about these Saints real quick. Jameis Winston, 15 of 30, four touchdowns, one interception last game against the Washington football team. They're coming off a bye. They're getting healthy. They've had a couple of weeks to try to dissect the film from the Seahawks. I'm watching film, Moyer, and they're, oh, Taysom Hill, you got paid? Oh, you're, we're going to use you. Tight end, H back. He's blocking DNs. He's going out on pass concepts or giving him the ball a couple times. Uh, what are you seeing out of this New Orleans team? <laughs> well, they don't have Drew Brees anymore. Look, I, I think you know Jameis Winston is he's capable. He's got twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. He's having a good year. His quarterback rating's one hundred and eight. So I mean the the stats are there. Um, you know he's not pushing the football downfield a ton, but he is averaging seven point six nine yards per attempt, which you know that's in the middle of the pack. Uh, so he's doing things to give them a chance to win. They have a really good football team around them, and we're, uh, we'll see what they bring to the they, – they've been missing some wide receivers. We'll see how many end up uh, coming back and being healthy. They're talented. They're just missing you know, the quarterback to say, okay, we're willing to go in with any type of game plan. So they're playing a little bit closer to the vest. Their defense is tough. They're struggling in, against the pass defensively, um, but – they are going to force us to throw it. I mean, they're, they're really stout against the run. Yeah, I think if you are any team playing against the Seahawks right now, you're saying, look, you got a backup quarterback. We'll see what your running back situation looks like. Chris Carson's banged up. We're going to force you guys to run the football. We know you got number 14, number 16 on the perimeter. Even Freddie Swain is in the mix right now. I think DJ Dallas has earned some more playing time. I think they'll sprinkle him in a little bit. If uh, Chris Carson, if you have any doubt on Chris Carson being 100%, I think you have to use his running backs. We've seen Travis Homer have a big play on third down. They ran the football. He goes for 20-plus yards. We've seen Alex Collins have a big game. We've seen DJ Dallas contribute as well. So it's almost a blessing in disguise that Carson has been hurt. But if 32 is ready to go, you got to let this guy line well, up. I think play. he's still – he's I know he's IR, so I'm not sure when he's back. But I think we, we're going to see Penny this week. Uh, so that definitely will yes. help. And when I say that'll help, I just hope he, whatever amount of time he's on the field, he just lets it go. Because we just need some big plays. Um, I think Collins has been good. We know DJ Dallas has had a from all, you know training camp, preseason to what he's done. He's there. Now, look, Penny's. you're playing for next year for another team. You yeah. are. I mean, we're not going to have two high-priced running backs. Just let it go. There's no pressure now. If you're healthy, let it go because we know the talent's there, and now it's just him taking advantage of the opportunity. Let it go. Running backs are getting an opportunity with 32 on IR. When we return, we'll go deeper into the New Orleans Saints. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with Paul Moyer. The New Orleans Saints are coming into town on Monday night football, Moyer, and these guys are 3-2. and two. They open up the season with a big win against the Green Bay Packers, 38-3. or 38-2-3. I remember you saying, man, Rodgers looks like he's been hanging out doing yoga for two or three weeks. He's laughing at us now. Then they lose to the Carolina Panthers, 26-7. They win against the Pages, 28-13. Lose to the horrible New York Giants, 27-21. to And then, as of late, beat the Washington football team, 
33-22. Now, these guys are 3-2. and two. Now, despite all that, they've had a lot of guys out. Michael Thomas is coming back. Traquan Smith, two receivers are coming back. Armstead is coming back. I mean, they got six to eight guys who are getting healthy right on time for Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. So it's almost like we're catching them at the wrong time. Yeah, we'll see how many of them actually play. And, you know, they're coming off IR. I mean, you also have Quan Alexander, one of their linebackers, you know, past have been a good player. Nick Fanette is still playing. He's coming off of IR, you know, for, for them. I didn't even know he was still playing. As you mentioned, uh, cornerback Ken Crawley, they, they definitely need some secondary help. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a tough game. I, you know, normally I wouldn't worry about it if we were, again, playing at a high level defensively. If we were running the ball consistently, I think Geno Smith is capable of winning games for us. He's proven that. He's played well. He needs to take some shots downfield. I, I do believe that. They're they're there for the taking. That, that doesn't mean to be, you know, reckless with the ball. It just means keep your eyes up, take some shots, um, because they are going to crowd us if that's what they, they think. So tough game. Look, they're number one, I think, yards per attempt uh, in, in rushing or yards per game number defensively. Two. And then number one in yards average. So I always look at statistics in that they're just that. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, oh, they're they're number one against rush defense. Yeah, but they're number 16 yards per, per average. Well, not in this case. And so they're going to force us to throw the ball. But that doesn't mean we can't run it. You know, we, I, statistics are just that. They're just statistics. Last week, we I didn't think we'd be able to run against Pittsburgh. In the second half, we said, oh, we're running it. We're just determined to do it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the game plan is. We're playing better. Now we just got to make plays and start winning. It's that simple. Yeah, statistics are just numbers. You can't ignore them, but you can't let them deter you or, or make you fear them, right? Because the Hawks have to come in and run the football. These guys are number two in the league against the rush, averaging 79, 79 yards per game. The stat that scares me is that they got nine interceptions on defense. Nine interceptions. You're asking for Geno Smith to push that ball down the field. Uh, he should be cautious. He's got to make good decisions. If the guys are wide open, they're wide open. Lattimore last game had six passes defended in one game. Six passes defended. So we know they're active on the back end. But if you can get the run game going, then maybe the back end loosens up a little bit. Overall, they're 15th ranked in the defense, averaging giving up 354 yards per game. I mean, they're not a great defense. They're not a bad defense. They do some things very well. It just makes me a bit hesitant that they're really good against the run. But you can't run from the run. You got to go at them. You have to, and you know, you get nine interceptions or uh, whatever their number is year to date. Um, that's because people are taking shots at them too. Because I think they're twenty. Here's what's really interesting to me. Now here's two franchises. I'm gonna say over the last ten years, traditionally very high in ranking offensively and very good at defense. You know, New Orleans is is a team that gets after you. Right now, New Orleans is twenty eighth offensively. Seahawks are twenty second. Uh, and New Orleans is 15th defensively, and the Seahawks are, are still 32nd, though we did you know, make a little dent in that, and hopefully we can get out of that schneid there. But, uh, they, yeah, the one that really jumps out of here are two of them, and that's uh, had interceptions. They're, they're third in the league percentage of, of, of attempts and, and interceptions and a number one uh, rushing average, and that's just uh, we're just going to have to do it. They're giving up 3.3 yards per attempt, and, and we're going to have to be committed to it. And you got to key on on certain guys. Alvin Kamara makes this thing go. He has 94 carries for 368 yards and one touchdown, 15 receptions for 113 yards and three touchdowns. 
And this dude is a slippery man. Yeah. I'm watching the, this film against the Washington football team, and there are guys lined up to make an open field tackle or to make a tackle inside the box, and they just can't do it. They've done a great job using Taysom Hill as a decoy at times. I feel like they've been setting it up for him to have a big game. Like, look, Gary, he's going to block the end. Oh, he's going to go out into a flat. At some point, you're going to have to let this guy go. You're paying him X amount of dollars, right? He's highly overpaid, in my opinion. But they have some guys, and then you add in Michael Thomas. We'll see how healthy he is. They got some guys that make you think. I look at this team on offense, and everything looks the same. Like They'll get in the same formation. I've seen five to six different plays out of that same formation. These guys on defense have to be disciplined. Don't take the bait. Yeah, and it's it's quick game. I mean, that's what they want to do now. Winston's a different player than Drew Brees. I mean, I'm actually a little shocked in this offense. He's only completing sixty percent of his passes. Um, just you know, again, it's it's going to be a challenge because there are some coaches in this league. Every coach in this league offensively tries to find the the, the mismatches. Yeah. Right? You want the right match. There's other that it's the high emphasis, and there's the one guy that's the ultimate emphasis of that and we're about to play him, and that's Sean Payton. And if we go and line up defensive ends on Kamara <laughs> as he spreads out wide, we better be able to audible out of it because they are going to find it. And last week we saw the dink-dunk uh, game plan from Pittsburgh where they were looking, where's Jamal? Uh, Jamal's coming to the line of scrimmage, he's coming off the edge. He just flicked it out the other way, knew that there was going to be a mismatch, either a linebacker or a defensive end, and how they were matching up on that on the backside of slots. So we're going to have to adjust to that. It's going to be a cat-and-mouse game uh, chess match next or this coming Monday, and uh, I'm excited for it. Again, we're playing well. We just got to start winning. Yeah. The, the one matchup that concerns me, we mentioned Alvin Kamara, and we saw what Najee Harris did right on offense. They motion him out the backfield, put him in the slot, get that matchup and go. There's no way this team is coming in this week and saying we're going to let that happen with Alvin Kamara. They're definitely game planning for if this guy motions out, out the backfield, this is our adjustment. I don't want to see a number 90-something. I don't want to see a number 50-something lined up against Alvin Kamara because that's easy pickings. Yeah, and the Seahawks have been traditional in that, hey, it's not what they do, it's what we do. The game's changed. You know, it's just it's always been an offensive game, but the, the rules and the, the formations – I'm just we got to put our best players on the field now and whatever that means you know whatever package that means as well uh, you know is it to stop the run first to stop the pass and uh, you know we we've been messing around a little bit with um, Ugo Amadi and and Marquise Blair at the nickel spot it's time to settle in um we'll see what happens at at the corner spot does Trey Brown get to start um I, I, we'll see you know I, they've liked him it's just he's finally healthy and uh, I liked what I saw a lot. And we already played the clip on him. He's a mature guy for a rookie. Here's the thing about Jameis Winston. He's having a good season. But over his career, in 81 games, he's thrown 91 interceptions. So we can almost guarantee if he doesn't just throw a gimme ball, he's going to throw a football that we should be able to get our hands on. I am banking on this defensive line getting after Jameis Winston or – the secondary just dropping off in coverage and making things look cloudy for him and forcing him to make a bad decision because there are times where I watch this guy and he, he sounds mature. He's been around Drew Brees for a while, but he still wants to roll the dice and take that risk. I am banking on that this game. In comparison, Russell Wilson, 149 games, 82 interception. He takes care of the football. And who takes care of Russell Wilson? We're going to talk to one of the guys. When we come up next, we're going to talk to Jamarco Jones. That's next on Hawks Live.
Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumps with Paul Moyer. We're going to talk to Jamarco Jones here in a bit. But until then, what needs to happen for this team to have success on Monday Night Football? That primetime um, win-loss has kind of been tarnished a little bit these last couple of weeks. What needs to, to happen for this team to get right? Well, I'd like to see you know, get out to a nice double-digit lead. That'd <laughs> make, be nice. Make, make uh, New Orleans have to throw the football as well. Um, when I break down last week's game, to me, it just it came down again, similar to the the week before. You know, three or four plays. Um, you know, your best players, highest paid players, got to make plays. Um, you know, we dropped a couple interceptions. Um, Gino missed on a couple opportunities early. I'm not even blaming him. I mean, he wasn't looking that way. There was a crossing route on third down. I think that's where he was looking. But Pittsburgh dropped coverage. Freddie Swain was down the scene. There's no one around him. You, you just like to see him get his eyes up and 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 look to push the ball, not reckless. As you mentioned, New Orleans, you know, nine interceptions uh, year to date already. Uh, they have a quarterback rating defensively of 71 because of those uh, interceptions. So just just that. It's, it's nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, they we, we've got a tip ball, their first touchdown, Pittsburgh. We, if we get that, they don't score a touchdown. Instead, the next play, they get a mismatch on us with Mayoa and uh, get an easy touchdown. Just things like that. You know, I mean, we've got a tie game. We drop another interception. Probably going to win that game. Um, we've got the ball with five minutes left in a tie game in overtime. We fumble. I, I, nothing crazy. Uh, here's the one thing. That running game was really impressive in the second half. Let's just let's open that. Let's start from the get-go. Let's get that attitude. I'm, I'm excited to get Jamarco Jones on to really see what they did at halftime. What, what, was it just was it X and O's or was it just, no, we're, we're coming after it. Yeah. What I'm looking forward to seeing is if they can take advantage of opportunities. Life is all about opportunities, right? You make decisions every day. On the football field, there are footballs that are thrown in the air that should be picked off. Pick them off. There are plays that should be shut down in the backfield. Shut it down. You know, there were a couple plays where I felt like the running back got loose. Najee was hitting the backfield and he gets loose. He gains two yards. It's only two yards. It's second and eight. But second and 11 sounds a lot better than second and eight. So I think this week... They have to start taking advantage of those opportunities. They've been really close, and we've seen it. But, uh, yeah, just take advantage of stuff. Impose your will on this team. This is going to be a good football team. It's not a team that I don't expect them just to, to blow them out 35-7 to 7 or anything like that. But I think with the personnel that they have, there are going to be opportunities to make plays. Oh, and there's no question. Um, you know, they, they've given up some yards in the passing game defensively. You know, so – so we we definitely have some opportunities there, but I, I more importantly let's 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 get some offensive linemen on the show and talk some running game. Let's talk some run game. <laughs> and who else should we talk to other than Jamarco Jones? Jamarco, what up? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. The first now when I think of linemen play, it's like it's a battle in the trenches every single down. And as a receiver, I'm on the outside. So it's, it's not as physical. When you're in the trenches and you're hitting the same dude almost every single play, do you get to know that guy? Do you start having conversations with him? Are you talking trash? Like, what type of player are you when it comes to that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like everybody talks trash at some point. I would say I'm a big trash talker, but no, it, it definitely gets uh, you know intense down there. You definitely get to know guys. And, I mean, there's definitely talking and interpreting going on down there, but – 
I mean, you, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and do your job. You can't let that get in the way of the end goal. You've played everything. I mean, Ohio State, you know, offensive tackle, you come here, offensive tackle, you've played guard, you've played right side, left side. If you if you could pick one position, where where would you like to line up? Anywhere I can get on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> do you I mean do no, you I just, I, just, I just want to get out there and help the team, you know, however I can. Uh I, I, I take pride in being able to be versatile and do different things out there. And so, you know, just wherever the team needs me at the, at that moment, you know, that's where I'm willing to play. The running game is it, it, it's part X and O's, no question, part mentality. What happened at halftime? I, I mean, you guys came out with a completely different attitude. You guys ran the ball nine of ten plays on that drive. Uh, what was said, and was it an X and O change, or was it purely you guys just attitude-driven? Yeah, I think we just, they just, we just decided to uh, run the ball and see what happens. And, uh, you know, we stuck with it, and, and we got good results. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of everybody coming together. Uh, you know, it's it's a team effort. You know, it takes all 11 guys out there being on the same page, you know, uh, to go out there and do it. And we were able to execute it a little bit better in the second half. Hey, Jamarco, my buddy Paul mentioned uh, you've played everywhere on that offensive line. So when it comes to game prep, you know, I mentioned, right, I'm a receiver. I'm looking at my one spot, and I maybe look to the outside and see how that receiver um, affects my game. Are you – preparing for every single position or do you kind of focus on one or are you looking at the, the big picture of the deal no yeah I, I try to focus on all the positions um and just try to and especially when i'm studying other teams you know i pay attention to uh most defensive line anyway uh i watch offensive line play when i'm watching the game so it's a little bit easier for me when it comes to that so yeah i just try to watch everybody because you never know in any instance you can be thrown in a situation and being unprepared is a terrible feeling. So, you know, I, I take pride in that as well, just, you know, preparing and being able to go out there and execute, you know, at, at different positions at any given time. They've got you listed 6'4", 293. I'm going to round you up to 300 uh, pounds. No, that, I don't know. I don't, we got to get that fixed. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> what are you? Uh, I'm not 293. Where, where are you right now? Or just ballpark? Between 305 and 310, somewhere in there. You know, I, I look at you, you're 25 years, you're 25, correct? Or at around 25 years yes, old. And, and I look yep. at your face, so don't take this wrong, but you still have a young man's face, right? So I, do you still have room to grow? Do you think you're still going to put on bulk? <laughs> no, for sure. You know, I mean, every offseason, I go into the offseason, you know, uh, with those in mind. And sometimes just to add a few pounds, sometimes just to gain maximum strength. And so, especially with me moving around so much, I like being able to, you know, feel like I could move and do different things. Well, Bump and I, we both played, and, and we were talking tonight earlier about our playing weight and where our weight is today, and it's not quite at our playing weight. Um, we're, clo- we're close, but we're, <laughs> we're not quite there. When you're done playing, because uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, they're the ones that have the biggest transition when post-playing. And you have many years still to play. But when you're done playing, what, what weight do you think is your, would, will end up being your natural weight when you're done? That's a good, I have no clue, but I definitely going to drop some pounds. There's no need to have all this weight on the knees once you're done. <laughs> hey, Jamar- but, uh, I, I'm not quite sure, but I, yeah, I'm definitely probably uh, going to drop. I've seen the effects 
from some of the, the other guys, and you know, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough on the joints, and I've seen some offensive linemen have done a good good job of shedding. And um, yeah, we're we're trying to get back down. We we went <laughs> we went the other way. We went up, not down. <laughs> after our post game cruise. Hey, Jamarco, how how tight is this offensive line? I mean, I I've heard the stories about the five guys on the line plus the guys backing them up. How close is this line? And uh, do you feel like you guys are going to come out this week and establish that run again and show just how cohesive this line is? Yeah, this line is – we're really close. And, you know, it's not just the five guys. It's, it's all of us, you know, from the guys on the practice squad to everybody. We, you know, we go out to dinner. We, we're around each other a lot. We spend a lot of time together. And we've been able to grow over the course of uh, this summer and coming into this season. And so it's been a lot of fun to uh, go out there and battle with everybody, whether it's practice or on the field, uh, on game day. And, uh, yeah, I fully expect us to go out there and keep establishing the run and uh, playing really well as we've been doing. Well, let me ask keep you about rolling. Yeah, let me ask you about New Orleans. Uh, the one thing that they, at least statistically, I mean, they are number one against the rush, at least yards per, per, per game, and in yards per average, I think they're second. Uh, what do you see in there? Is there they're do, are they doing something that uh, is going to make you guys have to game plan a little different? I mean, you got a game plan for every team, but no, they're they're definitely a great team. You know, they're year in and year out. They have a great head coach. They got a great staff, and they got great playmakers on the defense. And so, uh, you know, you got to go into this game plan, and uh, you got to look at all the the factors. And you know, we're going to put together a good game plan and try to execute that on game day and see how it goes. All right, Jermarco, man, we appreciate your time. That's Jermarco Jones from the Ohio State University current Seahawk. Hey, good luck this weekend. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for having me. All right, no problem. Thank you. Okay, when we return, we will talk to the professor himself, Mr. John Clayton. That's next, right? Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is 745. Oh, James Brown, this is Stevie Wonder right here. And when you hear this type of funk going on, you know we're talking to the Professor John Clayton. JC, what's up? Hey, how we doing? Hey, we're doing good, man. Thursday night, we're talking football, talking to the Professor. So, life is good, man. First question I have for you. Quarterback Jacob Eason has signed with the Hawks. Now, I coached against this kid in high school. He beat me twice. Didn't beat this guy. He's one of the best high school football players I've ever seen. Um, do you like this move, and does it mean anything to this roster? I like it, but it doesn't mean a lot. I mean, what it comes down to, he's an available talent. Once he was cut, they pick him up on waivers. You know, he will, you know, he's going to be obviously in his second year at the minimum salary, and uh, you know, and, they, and if necessary, they can keep him for three years, or if they want to go a different direction with the roster or anything else, they can cut him. And I think that uh, he would be willing enough to come back and sign for the practice squad. But again, does it change anything? No. I mean, Geno Smith's the backup quarterback. Russell Wilson's the starting quarterback. You know, he's a quarterback that is young and needs time to develop and hasn't developed yet. But uh, you know, in the big picture, it's just adding somebody who has talent, a fourth-round pick from last year. John, they're getting healthy. I just was looking. They have about seven guys coming mm-hmm. off IR and ever. What, what do we know? Do we, do we know if any of these guys are going to play? I'm more concer- concerned about their wide receivers. Well, what do you mean you're concerned about the wide receivers? Uh, it's the worst receiving sh- group in football. 
no, well, not if they are all healthy and coming no. back. That's the... well, they're, but they're not all healthy and coming back. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Thomas remains out. You know, they may be able to get one veteran out there. But, I mean, their, th- their top three receivers as of last week are undrafted guys. And I think the most any of those guys have caught is one guy catching 15 passes. Remember, they don't pass the ball much because they have nothing at receiver and nothing at tight end right now. And so what you're looking at is that in five games, there's only been 183 com- completions and very two, very few to the wide receivers or the tight ends. You know, they've been injured with a couple tight ends, and those guys aren't going to be back. But, uh, no, they are getting healthier because, again, probably you'll have Quam Alexander back. You know, may have Marcus uh, Davenport back. And so they'll get better on defense. But offensively, and, of course, they, you know, they Eric, uh, McCoy is still questionable, you know, the center. He don't know if he's going to be back, and they don't know about Terrence Armstead. But uh, they are getting healthier because, you know, they have designated seven players right now that can return, but all seven aren't going to return this week. John, the Saints are great against the run, number two in the league, actually, against the run, averaging about, giving about 80 yards per game. We know the Hawks are going to run the football do you think they can be successful against this ball club? I think it's going to be tough because I think what it comes down to, Sean Payton has made such an emphasis on stopping the run this year, and that's what he's going to try to do this week. I mean, he's done it now in five consecutive games. Now, part of the thing that's helped him out is in those five games, he's had leads in all five of them. And so when you have the lead and you're not throwing the ball much and you're running the football, then you have a chance to kind of cool things down, and then just concentrate on what you want to concentrate on. And they want to concentrate on stopping the run. And again, this is a defensive line that lost two or three real good defensive linemen, you know, either in free agency, suspension, you name it. But they're good at that. They're they're good at linebacker, and they're very good stopping the run. Trey Brown, uh, he looked he looked the part, man. He he looked comfortable at corner. What do you what are you hearing about the Sidney Jones and who do you think starts at corner for the Seahawks? You kind of get the feeling that Sidney is going to be the question about the extra day is going to help him out to see if he has a chance to come back. But you kind of get the feeling that Trey Brown has a decent chance of starting in this one because you know he did so well last week. You know they rotated him in early in the game, which is something that Pete Carroll usually doesn't like to do. He likes to stay with the same two cornerbacks. But uh, I think there's enough confidence in him that if Sidney's not healthy and not 100%, they'll start Trey Brown and see if they can get Sidney in there at some point. John, Jamal Adams has been a topic of discussion this um, this season, really. He hasn't recorded any sacks. He has some tackles, missed a couple of interceptions. Do you like how the Hawks are using Jamal Adams, and do you like what you've seen out of him thus far i'm starting to like what they're doing again maybe not early you know because what i think they did and again i have to look at the uh, tape to see how many plays they did it but uh you know you notice that they had uh you know about i think maybe 15 plays with seven defensive backs and that i think helps because it gives more freedom for jamal to roam around and do what he needs to do hey john we've, we've lost two games in overtime um we have a chance to win against the rams you know we're we're down six with two minutes left what is this team? Is it just a matter of making plays and finish things off? Uh, you know, but are we really a two and four struggling football team? 
No, I think it's a two and four struggling football team. I mean, certainly there, there's so many teams right now that uh, are playing close games and losing close games. I mean, look at Kansas City and you can look around the league and there's more close games than we've ever seen. What is it now? 23 that have been decided in the fourth quarter or overtime. And that's just uh, remarkable. But uh, I think you saw progress last week because the defense did get better. I thought that was encouraging. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, they were able to do better things in the secondary. And for the first time this year is that they were able to have the defensive backs sync up a little bit with the few linebackers that they had out there. And so uh, that, I think, looks a little bit more positive. And if they can do that, particularly against a non-passing team like the Saints, that could help out in this game. John, now the Hawks pick up Jacob Eason. Um, that, I scratched my head with that one because I feel like, all right, you got Geno, you got Russell, you got a another quarterback there, but are there any more moves you think this team needs to make? Are there any positions that need to be addressed? They can still look at cornerback. I think that could be a possibility. You know, maybe look to get, uh, you know, a tackle, you know, something on the offensive line because uh, at some point, you know, it's not that they're going to find somebody this late to be the left tackle for the future. But again, it's like at some point they need to get a tackle for uh, Dwayne Brown. Uh, maybe they do something at the wide receiver position, but certainly they're not going to do anything at defensive end. Maybe an outside chance they do something at linebacker. What do we know about injuries with the Seahawks? We got Eskridge, we've had um, Penny, um, you had Damian Lewis last week. Where where are they now? Uh, Hard to tell on Damian Lewis and hard to tell on Alex Collins because, you know, they didn't practice today. There seems to be optimism that Collins should be able to go. Don't know about Damian Lewis with that shoulder injury. That might be a little bit tricky. Certainly, it does look like they'll have Daryl Taylor, which is an amazing thing, after he had to go to the hospital with with what they thought was a neck injury. His neck is sore, but it's not to a point where, you know, he may may force to be missed the game. Uh, so I think overall, I mean, those those are the main ones. You know, Rashad Penny looks like he's going to be activated from the injured list. And that, of course, will give him a running back to try to be able to go in there. But again, I think what they need is Alex Collins because he's been their best running back so far this season. Yeah, no, no question. Um, Chris Carson, IR, neck. There's been some rumors out there. Maybe they're just rumors, you know, potentially Cam Chancellor type injury have you heard anything uh, more on that nothing no okay no, no it's like again it's like uh, everybody's going to be kind of over rumoring and doing things like that i mean you know they did put him on the injured reserve list you know he's going to be out for three weeks that puts him in a chance to come back for the green bay game and you hope that's enough time for him to come back and you also hope it's enough time for estrus that's the one i think you mm-hmm. get more concerned about because yeah. he's been on the injured list forever with that concussion John, if the Hawks win these next two games, they are 4-4. Four and four. At 4-4, four and four, going into the bye, knowing the schedule that they have after that, do you think this team can still make the playoffs? Yes, I can. Yeah, because what you're looking at right now is that there's so many average teams right now in the NFC and the AFC to a point where you know there's only six teams at the moment in the NFC that have winning records. You only have six that in the AFC that have winning records, okay? And so because of that, it's kind of like last year where Chicago was able to sneak in there with an 8-8 eight and eight record. At this stage, you know, unless somebody picks it up, I mean, again, we'll see where New Orleans is. I know they're 3-2, and two, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one where there's still going to be maybe an, uh, one, possibly two open spots for wild cards, and that's what Seattle now has to concentrate on. 
John, it's that time. What's on your mind, Professor? Yeah, I'm just amazed right now at the injury bug and how it's affecting teams. I mean, look at tonight. I'm amazed that Cleveland was able to bounce back, not having their top two running backs, Baker Mayfield, their right tackle, and be able to come and have right now a decent lead over Denver. And then you look at Denver. I don't think I've ever seen a wide a linebacking core as wiped out as they were. I mean, they were down, I think, particularly about eight linebackers. They've lost two for the season, two inside linebackers for the season. Now Von Miller's hurt. They don't know how bad he is on his on the ankle, and that didn't look good. But when you lose an entire linebacking core, now you have problems going against Cleveland and stopping their third-string running back. Injuries, injuries, man. Week seven, they're starting to pile up. John, man, we appreciate your time. Have a good one. Okay, thanks. Okay, when we return, it's time to talk that talk. Me and Paul Murray will square off. Can the D... The Seahawks defense be a top 20 defense. Thoughts on Trey Brown? Has Jamin Winston turned a corner? Is 10 wins still a possibility for these Hawks? That's next on Hawks Live.